0: That's right. Know the difference. Here we go. One team, one plan, one fee with Annex Wealth Management. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, the final weekend for February we got a lot to cover, so glad you're here. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Mark Beck is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Pinch hitting for Dave uh, Spano. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, glad to be here, Danny. Holy cow, where do we start, boys? You have volatility, right? Volatility means up and down. And oddly enough, you know, the week ended more up than not. And it was really surprising given all the geopolitical events from the past week. Right.
2: For the, for the week, the S&P was up roughly half a percent, the NASDAQ up almost one percent, small caps as well. And the 10-year, which at one point got as low as 1.8 percent, closed
1: the, the week at two percent. So a big recovery in the in the treasury bond yields as well a lot of movement in interest rates certainly and you know we've been talking about interest rates rising for a while so we'll need to unpack that a little bit in terms of you know how the developments might impact how the fed perceives inflation risk you know and those sorts of things but let's just talk a little bit about you know why do we see you know that the market actually rallied over the last couple of days and given the news in the russia ukraine incidents Well, last week, you know, Dave and I were talking on this show about how
2: negative Senate had become. You know, the institutional investors were very negative. The retail public was very negative. People were very concerned that the Russian army was gathered at the border of Ukraine. So the other, you know, the other night when they actually did invade, despite what Putin had said, uh, the markets initially sold off 850 Dow points and then sat there all night long as as we started to hear about what was going on in the war zone. And then immediately after the market, Market open, buyers showed up, and that really just goes back to that old adage: you you get defensive during the buildup, but you buy when you hear the cannons go off. And while that sounds like a simplistic notion, markets are discounting mechanisms. Markets see the end of the
1: war, not the beginning, and they're advanced discounting that. And and let's talk a little bit just about the Russian economy, the impact of this war on the U.S. economy. You know, where do we see most of those risks?
2: Well, it, it really, it's
1: exacerbating
2: the, the problem the Fed is going to have. I mean, Ukraine is a major exporter of wheat. That's a major foodstuff. Uh, wheat prices have been going up dramatically in the past year. In addition, Russia is the third largest producer of oil, the second largest producer of natural gas. So if anything happens that could interrupt those supplies, that could cause energy prices to go even higher. We saw oil prices at one point this week tagged 100 bucks a barrel. And, and this is already on top of the inflationary concerns. Our Federal Reserve as they prepare to meet in
1: the middle of March and potentially hike rates for the first time uh, since the pandemic. So one of the risks then is that this actually exacerbates the inflation risk here in the
2: U.S. It it could. I mean, we're we're somewhat insulated from what goes on in Russia, but they do most of their business with Europe, so as does Ukraine. But it's certainly the the ECB has the same issues we do here. And I think you could look, you know, the glass is half full and say, well, you know, the uncertainty that's been created by what's going on in Ukraine, you know, Putin, you know, saber rattling, challenging Finland and Sweden on Friday, for example, and where that came from, I have no idea, but in an, in an environment like that, the Fed might you know be a little bit more ginger about at raising rates. So talk of a 50 basis point rate hike in March has kind of diminished a lot. Uh, so perhaps a 25 basis point cut, but that at least gets us on the
1: road towards some level of normalcy. So as market participants are digesting that, perhaps one of the reasons that we see you know that the market rallied a little bit is less concern about the aggressiveness of federal rate hikes because they certainly wouldn't want to induce a recessionary environment right here in the middle, you know, of this geopolitical environment. Yeah, I think that's that's part and parcel true and also literally some of these stocks, I
2: mean, we talk about the S&P all the time. On Thursday at the opening, the S&P actually was in correction territory for the first time since March of 2020. It had been long overdue. We've talked about that odd number, any number of times in the past year or so that last year's drawdown of 5.4 was very unusual in terms of its lack of downside volatility. So people got caught. They got complacent. We finally had a correction. They happen once every 11 months on average. Uh, We do not believe we're about to go into a recession, which is what what you would really worry about to, to trigger a bear market type reaction. So it certainly was viewed by many as a buying opportunity with the economy still on solid footing and the Fed not even being tight yet. Derek Felski our chief investment officer along with Mark Beck managing director of wealth management services
0: got him for the whole hour stick around still to come custom retirement planning we're going to meet you where you're at your 30s and 40s your 50s your 60s and beyond Mark Beck that's a conversation you and I had earlier this week it and it's a is. good one that is all coming up on money talk the Annex Wealth Management show for Sunday February 27th quick break but we'll be back 925 Fox
3: News Investment and retirement planning is personal. The Annex Wealth Management way is to meet you where you're at. That's the best place to start. Seasoned investor, careful saver, or do-it-yourself for tidying up loose ends. If you're ready for comprehensive wealth management from the fee-only fiduciaries at Annex, so are we. Maybe you're stuck and not sure what to do next. It's time for Wealth Metric with a deep dive on investment, retirement, and tax planning. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. Start today at AnnexWealth.com.
0: Website annexwealth.com. Click that get started button. Set your own appointment. That is a great feature. Before we get back to the show, I just want to remind you get a webinar for women in wealth. It's Boost Your Social Security IQ, and it happens Tuesday, which is March 1st, which I am blown away that. We're already into March. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management, along with Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management.
1: Thank you. And, uh, you know, Derek, we talked a lot in the first segment about, you know, Russia invading Ukraine and how the markets reacted and some of the surprise, you know, behind that market reaction, essentially. But, you know, bigger picture, zooming out, there are other negative catalysts that had been driving the decline that we had been seeing throughout January and into February in the stock market. And those are things that we have to digest and really help inform how we position our asset allocations going forward. A couple of them to watch for, you know, we talk about inflation, but really what's underlying inflation, things like the increase in gas prices. Put that together with an interesting, I'll call it an index that, that you cited where we talk about gas prices and mortgage rates and how those two things together can affect consumers.
2: Yeah, if you think about it, you know, the average American makes, I think the median income is about $65,000. A lot of people do not own an expensive home that's gone up dramatically in price. They don't have a big, they don't have a big stock portfolio. They may not have any stock portfolio at all. They may not even have a 401k. So when we're talking about inflation of five, six, 7%, that's going to upset them. That's going to reduce their confidence. That's going to deplete some of the funds that the federal government provided them during the pandemic. And in addition, we have mortgage rates, which where people were getting mortgages, 30-year mortgages about a year ago at about 2.75, those are now north of 4%. So one of our research vendors, we'll look back in time, and, and, and added up mortgage rates and gas prices year-over-year year change. And what they found is when the sum of the two is greater than 10 that the economy slows within the next 12 months, basically because people don't have the discretionary income to consume and our economy is driven by consumption. So we're getting perilously close to that number, which is one of the reasons why the Fed's in such a pickle, right? Growth is slowing. They haven't begun to raise rates yet. Usually you don't raise rates when growth is slowing. You raise rates when growth is accelerating because you're trying to stem off excesses. But there are so many different things with this cycle that we as an investment committee have to consider. I'm beginning to think we need to meet more than once a week
1: (laughs) absolutely right well you know as you know we have conversations about these topics every single day in our office is what we live and breathe. The mortgage rate plus gas price index, maybe this is going to be the new leading economic indicator that we'll have to watch. But it is an interesting thought.
2: Well, it, it, it's an indicator. And, you know, another one we always watch is the LEI. We watch the three-month moving average there, and that remains positive. We know that the industrial production, for example, last week was way of had expectations. In fact, new orders are now 20% above where they were pre-pandemic. The interesting thing is the only major statistic that I can think of that is not above its, pre-pandemic high is the 10-year bond yield, and that's probably because the Fed has been artificially keeping that rate low
1: for quite some time. I think that's a great point for people to digest. When you think about all of those measures of economic growth and output, they're all above pre-pandemic levels. So there's always people that think that really the market's been propped up by easy money, and certainly that feeds into the willingness to accept, say, a higher P.E. multiple, so higher valuation levels, is definitely propped up by easy money, low interest rate policy. But when you back out and look at all these economic indicators, there's real and sustainable growth that has occurred. And you start to think about where we are right now in the markets and and digest earnings season, for example. You know, When you look out the next three-year period, forward-looking as you're positioning your portfolio, most of those areas you're expecting to see continued earnings growth by the companies that you'd be investing in. Next year, the forecasts are about 8%.
2: Analysts have basically been on the low side of earnings expectations throughout this cycle. It's possible in some areas, perhaps they are still a little bit overly enthusiastic, perhaps enterprise software would be an example of that. But in terms of energy, they completely missed the boat. These energy companies are doing a great job rationalizing their capital expenditures in the face of a lot of regulatory pressure. And with oil prices near $100, they are coining money. Derek Felsky,
0: Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services and also a wealth manager. Up next, we're going to talk about custom retirement planning for wherever you are at. By the way, Mark Beck, I wrote the commercial based on what we talked about, and I said, we'll meet you where you're at. And I was called to task because that ends in a preposition. So, yeah. so remembering
1: true. your language arts, right? I know.
0: I felt bad about that, but I believe in it. We're going to meet you where you're at, and that is coming up next. On Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back, 925 Fox News. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We're back. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 925 Fox News. I'm Danny Clayton, Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management is here. We're not even halfway through the show already a really good representation of what we do and how we do it. You and Derek digging in deep on the market. Coming up, three keys to retirement. Sure. Having enough money is one of the important things. But this one's a little different. We're also going to talk about retirement killers. We're going to talk about custom retirement planning because I overheard a conversation that you had and somebody was just a couple of years away from retirement. And they said, so when should I get in to, to meet you? And that was really how that started. But you
1: name the client, we've got a plan for them. And it's each one's different because it's custom. Yeah, it certainly is. In fact, I was just having a conversation with a new prospective client to Annex and they said, you know, I've been with a person, an advisor for a while, but I always hear your stuff and I've been listening to the radio shows and you guys sound different. And so I want to have this conversation because I don't feel like I'm getting what you're explaining that you do. And so I was like, wow, thank you. I'm really glad to hear that because, you know, we really should try to get that message out there of what it looks like. And what it came down to for this particular conversation, you know, what they were getting was kind of this idea of the set it and forget it portfolio, right? It's a blend of mutual funds. I did this risk tolerance questionnaire. I landed on this asset allocation. I plunked it in there and nothing really changes. And I don't feel like I'm getting any proactive advice or guidance or planning. Sometimes I call and say, hey, am I being too conservative or too aggressive? And we have a conversation and maybe they'll adjust it from there. And that's totally different than that kind of hands on the steering wheel proactive approach that we take to managing client portfolios, which I would think is a breath of fresh air for many people. Yeah, after I went through investment philosophy, strategy, explained how the investment team works, showed the different types of portfolio implementation, meaning what are the types of vehicles that we might put into a client portfolio, that that doesn't resonate with everybody. But once I explain it, you get there, right? Risk tolerance, liquidity needs asset allocation, portfolio implementation. That's kind of the process that you really should be following. You know, we've been in this time slot for really for less than two months, so
0: for a lot of you, we might be brand new, but we're not. We've been around a long, long time. It definitely in Naples, and we would like to help. If you want a second look at what you've got, we do investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We say know the difference. The difference is we're a fee only fiduciary. The website AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We we are going to be right back. This is 92.5 Fox News.
3: It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com.
0: Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You know, this segment might be a shocker to those of you who aren't retired yet. If you're currently retired, please play along because you know how it really goes. And if that sounds mysterious, that's okay to add to the mystery or perhaps unwind it a little bit. We're joined by Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Deanne. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's set the stage. There was a panel discussion dedicated to quote, finding happiness in retirement. It gathered thought leaders, but it also included an actual retiree who added reality to the discussion. And the bottom line is happiness in retirement might not come from what you think it does.
3: Experts state three things critical in common having enough money having relationships with peers and community and having good health
0: may I ask you to read what this regular person who was at this conference said when he addressed everyone
3: absolutely this is a quote when you plan for retirement it's like staging a very beautiful still photograph the very first day you're in retirement it actually becomes a full motion video And you have to accept that retirement is not going to be exactly the way you planned it out because of a whole host of reasons. Now, that's not to say you were wrong or you didn't get it right. It's just like when we were at work. Things change.
0: You've worked with clients for a long time. Can I get an amen to that?
3: Yeah, it's a beautiful quote. Life is not linear, planners like to say. That's why we're always going back to the basics of the financial plans and stress testing those. It's not just about reaching financial goals, but life goals as well.
0: Okay, this was the Health and Retirement Study Assesses Trends in What's Important in Retired Life. It's a study of 20,000 retirees, so good sample size. When they analyzed life satisfactions, the study saw three core elements to life satisfaction. obviously this makes sense the first pillar is money
3: yes and having more money does make you happier because it gives you more choices but that effect appears to hit parity at about four million dollars now that's not to say having more hurts you of course it doesn't but experts are finding out that having more doesn't necessarily lead to greater satisfaction either that's kind of the peak happiness
0: we're talking about the health and retirement study three pillars the first is money the second relationships with peers and community. You know, it's interesting to note that the study says all of these are investments, not just money investments.
3: Right. When you invest in something, and sometimes it's money, but often it's time and mental capacity. It's what you're willing to give up to get something for the future. Relationships, obviously, are an investment. Social networks can take work to create and maintain. It's an investment of time, effort, energy. And for many people, creative fulfillment is equally important. Retirement's a perfect age for that creative Side to emerge but you got to invest in all of them right you do yeah. you do and health is very important too if you've neglected the holistic health while working on your career then we might have a slew of other issues right
0: and that is the third pillar in the health and retirement study it's health and that's a little hard
3: it is hard because sometimes we think i'll pay attention to myself when i retire
0: also people become ill they don't plan that
3: right of course things change
0: Deanne Phillips is Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about the Health and Retirement Study. Deanne, how often do you see people hit retirement and then kind of flounder until they find out their or get their retirement bearings?
3: Very often because we have to remember we're not retiring from something as much as retiring to something. We have to come from an understanding of what we want to retire to. Life goals and financial goals are absolutely intertwined.
0: Why is it or is it even hard for us to predict what's going to make us happy in retirement?
3: Yes, because we have to consider the lifestyle around our choices. For a great example, buying a sports car. You know, we may think, gee, when I retired, I'm going to get that sports car I want. Now, just driving it around and having it might not be the key to our ultimate happiness. We have to consider that. It's really kind of a lifestyle we're getting into, right? Maybe having a vintage sports car puts us in a club. We meet like-minded people. We have social events. It becomes a hobby. We need to fix it. We put more time with it. All of a sudden, we're engaging our mind, our body, our social interactions around something we like. It's so much more than, yeah, I'm just going to drive around the neighborhood, right? So it's really got us thinking through our choices and where they might guide us.
0: Is thinking that retirement is six Saturdays and a Sunday, is that a mistake?
3: Yeah, I'd rather have people think of it as a different job with fantastic benefits. So, you know, going out to eat with friends or going on vacations or going to an event, these are things that actually can provide true happiness in retirement. We've been used to going to work and being surrounded by people and social interactions. So to switch that off and go into isolation too much can lead to depression. It can impact our health. It can be really culturally harmful too if we isolate too much. So now there may be a period of time where we say, I just need to decompress and that's okay too. You have to follow your values. This is where a discussion with the people in your life that are important to you about what your goals are, kind of like setting a track for a new career or job. It's very important. So is there
0: a takeaway when it comes to managing retirement expectations?
3: Yeah, we all have to remember that even when with a significant other. As humans, we all have and we value autonomy, individualism, goals, mastery of something. It's important that we have our goals together, maybe as a couple, and our own personal goals as well. These are all very important discussions to have around lifestyle and retirement, both with your family, but also with your financial planner.
0: Everything starts with a plan, right? Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Deanne Phillips, thanks for your time.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Sunday the 27th, we're going to be right back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We took a call recently on a radio show, and the caller was a couple of years away from retirement. And he asked an interesting question. Basically, it was, so when should I get in and talk with you guys? If I remember
1: correctly, he was like 62, something like that. Right, Mark Beck? Yeah, that was a good call. And I remember my answer there was you should be starting to build this relationship as soon as you're ready. And what do I mean by ready? When you're ready for advice, and I think that's important. So wherever you are, when you get to that spot where you're thinking about should I be getting some advice, that is the spot to be
0: starting. Mark Beck is managing director of Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management. When I heard that, I thought about where he was on the path and how we'd have a different planning process with him than, say, somebody in their 30s or 40s or maybe somebody in their 70s. And that is custom and comprehensive wealth management and planning, right?
1: It certainly is. Other people would answer that you should start as early as possible. And I think the problem with that answer is some people aren't ready. So when you're younger, maybe you're not thinking about it big picture. You should be starting to save, but maybe you're not ready for advice. So across that spectrum, though, planning can look different. At Annex Wealth
0: Management, we'll meet you where you're at, and it's different for everybody. Mark, let's say somebody engages Annex Wealth
1: Management in their 30s or 40s. What is our process with them? So 30s and 40s, what we're looking for here is starting to establish habits and targets. So it's a little bit harder to talk to somebody that's, you know, 40 years old and say, okay, pin down exactly when you're going to retire and exactly what you need for living expenses, because they're thinking all of these things are going to change so much between now and maybe when I'm 65 years old. But what we can do is back into that and say, here's what you're on track for right now. And if you want the target to look a little bit different, then we need to make some adjustments. So effective use of resources, establish great savings habits, make sure that we're investing well, make sure that you know what you're on track to accomplish over time, and think about big picture goals. That's kind of where you want to be in your 30s and 40s. Okay. Next step, somebody's in their 50s. They're Been working longer,
0: their kids might be in college. Retirement is looming in the distance, but not so far away.
1: You know, 50s is where we start to think about what's next. What are the things I've been missing, or what can I do that's beyond the basics I have been accomplishing? So we might have a little bit more income, we might be moving beyond just max funding, 401ks, for example, and start to build some additional investment savings elsewhere. You know, you're probably executing on college strategies at this point and getting people kind of through that and making sure that the family is you know successful and financially secure and in you know, those kinds of things and so now those targets are becoming a little bit more tangible but again we're building a little more sophistication into how we're building the nesting
0: then let's get to that caller who was just a couple of years away from retirement somebody comes to us at that point in their life
1: how is it different or what are we working on with them? It starts to feel like it's all coming together yeah. at this point. So now we're building sort of the transition plan. Okay, so I'm a couple of years from retirement. Where is my income going to come from? What do I need to do to prepare? What are some of the decision-making points I'm going to need to hit? And how do I get ready for those kinds of things? Are there different sequences of events that I can put together that are going to you know, benefit me, that are going to help move the needle in my favor? And that's everything from which accounts I'm going to count on first, to the tax planning ramifications of that, to preparing for health insurance and where it comes from, and, of course, to preparing for things like making good Social Security decisions. Mark Beck is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services at Annex Wealth Management. We
0: meet our clients where they're at. And I know we work with new clients who are already retired. What happens when that happens? And there's maybe an existing plan from somewhere else, or maybe because of poor service or lack of connection, they come to us, or maybe not a plan at all.
1: You know, oftentimes not a plan at all. We do see that. You know, It has happen occasionally where someone has been getting some financial planning advice. They're looking for something a little bit deeper or more engaging than sort of the superficial level that maybe they've been experiencing. It's easy for us when you've got your current financial plan because all the data, mm. the inputs basically are right there. So that's sort of the raw materials. We can take that and really start to work with it. But Moving the needle in terms of doing the math in this type of situation, you're already retired, are you really thinking about planning ahead for, you know, the tax ramifications of required distributions, you know, the charitable aspect of things like qualified charitable distributions, you know, all of that really becomes, you know, so important in that phase. And if you're already retired, folks, don't think it's too late at all. We want to see you. Oh, absolutely. And even in those retirement years, there are so many really cool things that we help people with that are impactful. And that's beyond just, by the way, managing the investment portfolio. A big part of what we do, steer, manage and help people towards best outcome, which means help manage your kind of psychology of investing. How do we do that? Build the framework around it well in advance of market volatility. So protect liquidity, for example. Where does the short-term money come from? Build the income buckets. Make sure you stay focused on the growth, where the growth needs to be. And therefore, no anxiety around market volatility. My dad came to Annex in his 80s. He had moved back to be
0: near my sister and I, and I felt it was important to have a fiduciary working on his stuff. That isn't uncommon
1: either. No, it's not. And actually, that one, I would say, is becoming more and more common. Oftentimes, by the way, this is clients that you know, are in those retirement years, and now they're bringing their parents, and they're saying, hey, can you help? This is a really satisfying area for me in particular to work. A couple of reasons. Number one, because they're working with a fiduciary, we can really help them kind of stay out of harm's way. This is where there is the possibility of making really bad mistakes or being taken advantage of. If you don't want that to happen. And number two, the peace of mind that comes with somebody helping them consolidate, clean up, organize, know what's going on, know where things are headed, and therefore being prepared for the transitions that are going to come at some point in our lives.
0: We want to meet you where you're at for investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button and start the wealth metric process. Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, February 27th. There is more to come. Quick break. We're going to be back on 92.5 Fox News. The Week in Review, Know the Difference Minutes, Team Segments, planning topics including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Head to YouTube and search Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, one team, one plan, one fee. It is time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us, you head to our website, annexwealth.com, look for the ask button. We get back to everybody. Some of them wind up on the radio. Joining us in the studio, Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP and a CDFA, and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome. Hi. Randy Winkler is a wealth manager, also a former manager of financial planning. So you in the past saw lots of clients on the front end when they're coming into Annex. You've seen all of this stuff. First question is from Penny. Is it wrong to consider my HELOC as an emergency fund? And a HELOC is? It's a home equity line of credit. It's a second mortgage that you take on your home, and it's a way to
4: access the equity that you've built up. They're a really nice thing, and I do recommend to certain clients that we use it as emergency fund, but only under certain circumstances. If you use them for other things, non-emergencies, if you got a big pot of money, there's people like, oh, I really need that new truck, or we need a new couch, and suddenly there's lots of things that are emergencies, and then it's not available for other uses. I also personally would rather see people build up their emergency funds through savings. The discipline involved with that, uh, there's a saying from a national person that I I really admire. He says, if you have an emergency fund, you don't have emergencies. And I think that applies more to the discipline of saving and building it up because you're used to putting that money aside. If something comes up, just don't save to your emergency fund that month you pay off your emergency. With the HELOC, you don't have the discipline. It can be a little bit more abused. So for the right person, I think it is uh, something to consider.
0: Next up on Ask Annex is from Andrew. How are assets valued when determining a quadro? Q D R O snapshot on a certain date? Question mark. So, could you define what that is? Deanna? You bet.
3: So, a quadro is a qualified domestic relations order. It is something that is drafted as a part of the divorce process. To usually, utilized to split pensions or certain retirement plans, but not IRAs. This is really a great question, but the answer is, as unfortunately a lot of legal things are, it depends. So. Yeah. <laughs> This quadro is a snapshot on the finalization of the marriage per the Marital Settlement Agreement or MSA. It's usually built into the MSA and you know if you have a plan that requires a quadro. Remember, everything is negotiable in divorce. And again, the valuation of assets can get a little tricky when it comes to pensions. We're dealing mathematically at looking at future values of a benefit. What needs to happen is that quadro has to be drafted in a way that the administrator of that plan will accept it. There is no one size fits all when it comes to these documents. Whoever is drafting it, the attorney or the entity that drafts them, needs to go back to that administrator of that pension and make sure they'll accept it. And then really after the divorce is finalized, you want to act on that quadro quickly and get that filed so you don't end up years later going back to court. So there are complexities. And because of that, again, It's important you have somebody that's really well-versed in drafting those. Relative to the timing, snapshot on a certain date could be kind of depends upon the length of the marriage and the negotiations when it comes to the finalization of it.
0: You know a lot of this because you are a CDFA, which is a certified divorce financial analyst, right?
3: That's right. So I, I tend to work with attorneys to help with the splitting of those assets for divorce purposes. Gotcha.
0: Randy, I think this one's for you. It's from Carrie. A while back, you mentioned the retirement smile when spending starts high, bottoms out, and then rises again. Is the bottom part by choice Would I need to reduce spending in the middle years? This is a good question.
4: And I think most of the time it's by choice. People slow down when they get to the slow-go years. You're probably not as eager to get on a plane or get on a bus or do some things. So spending just naturally goes down for most people. In some cases where they've front loaded some of the spending we have to do it not by choice because there's not as many assets there the plan isn't sustainable at the initial level of spending so we have to bring it down but I would say most of the time it just kind of happens naturally
0: and the slow go is that middle part right because the the third part is that's that's the no-go The um, no go and things cost more than right it yep. ramps up when you get to some of the health care costs associated with the successful completion of retirement here's one from Mike and kind of ties in maybe how often does someone successfully estimate health healthcare costs in retirement. That's a great question. I wonder about that as well, because what do they talk about? That you're going to need hundreds of thousands of dollars in health care. So how do you figure yeah. that out? So
3: when we break it down, so let's just start with Medicare, right? Because that's a little bit easier. We can look at the national average around $5,200 or so for a premium Cadillac plan. What do I mean by that? Well, in 2022, there's a $170 premium that it comes out of Social Security or your are for Part B. There's a little bit more for Part D as well that you would pay. And then it depends upon that Medicaid Medigap. Gap plan, how you're covering Medicare. So if you're doing that Medigap plan to national average around 5,200, we can build that into the plan. Healthcare costs go up a little bit more than inflation, which, you know, everybody listening to this right now is going, ooh, right Mm -hmm. now, I'm sure. You know, the unknown really comes with long-term care medical costs. So those are things that we can stress test in a financial plan. Build in, what if one spouse has a long-term care incident that leads to premature death? What's the impact on that spouse?
4: The other thing to take into account is if you retire prior to Medicare age and you need bridge healthcare, that's a little bit more expensive. We generally estimate about $1,000 a month per person. So for a couple retiring at 62, we're looking at about $24,000 a year. And again, we're factoring in higher inflation than with other expenses.
3: Now, we know that the, uh, on the exchange, it's getting re-looked at this year. But this is important, really, why we sit outside healthcare experts with our clients, you know, annually, if they wish, to really look at open enrollment and see if their plan's still best for them. And when you're retiring early, there's some factors to look at, too, like COBRA, you know, or if it's a discordant retirement, one's retiring before the other partner. Can the one hop on the other's healthcare? So these are all analytics that really need to be looked at.
0: That's Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. If we can help, you got to click that Get Started button for investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, February 27th. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. After all we've been through, isn't it time to focus on what really matters? Living your best life. There are a lot of moving pieces when it comes to investment and retirement planning. It's important to get it right and we can help. AnnexWealth.com is the place to start. Click the Get Started button. Put a pro on your side with a local fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. No, the difference, this is a team segment. Should your brother-in-law, Bob, be your executor? Jill Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex, heads our estate planning team. She joins us to talk about this. Hey, Jill.
5: Hey, Danny. How are you?
0: Not bad. So estate planning, as you know, that's what you do. It's my favorite topic. It can be complex. It's got to be done correctly.
5: Absolutely. I mean, I don't think anyone puts together an estate plan with the hope that it breaks up the family. That's usually an unintended consequence, either of bad planning or bad communication. What we always want to do is try and avoid that with good planning.
0: If you listen to our shows regularly, you'll hear the word fiduciary. A fiduciary is somebody who operates in the best interest of a client, or in the case of an estate, best interest of the estate and that person's wishes.
5: One of the things that, as I meet with clients, we tend to all focus on, what do I want to have happen with my assets after I pass away? It's very rare that we focus on Who is the appropriate person to manage all my stuff? It's often an underthought of part of the estate plan, and it can honestly be the most critical because if you end up with a person in there who doesn't follow your wishes and does what they want to do, guess what? The whole family's going to be upset. There are horror stories out there where some unscrupulous person gets themselves weaved into the family that suddenly takes over control and starts spending money and nobody, has, nobody knows about it, and all of a sudden, then the money's gone, right? right. That's, right. A, that's a horror story, which we don't see as often, so I don't wanna panic people, but it does happen. It happens.
0: Let's go through the roles that we encounter in estate planning. We'll just do a brief explanation. The first is that POA, power of attorney. That's pretty simple.
5: It's simple, but there's two different ones, right? So there's a financial power of attorney, so that's someone who's gonna step in and manage your finances when you're no longer able to, physically or mentally, or you no longer want to. If you just get to a point where you have an age, you're an age and you're like, I don't want to deal with paying my bills anymore. I want my son to do it. That's a power of attorney. It's important when you're picking those two people. If you have a family member who's an accountant or somebody that's really good with money, that's the person that you may be kind of leaning towards to deal with your finances. If you've got someone in the healthcare field, maybe that's a better person to deal with the medical side. So often I hear the waterfall effect, right? Well, we name the oldest, then the middle child, and then the youngest. And that's not really thinking about what are their skill sets and are they going to be capable.
0: I did not know power of attorney, my financial power of attorney, ended when my dad passed.
5: That does get a lot of people. And so what happens is you are delegated authority to act on behalf of the person who granted you that power of attorney, basically, right? So typical agency relationship, when that person dies... So does the power they granted. They can't transact after they've died, which means you as a power of attorney can not either.
0: So what I was not was the next step, which is the personal representative or the executor, correct?
5: Correct. And so depending on the state that you're in, it may be called an executor or a personal representative. And what that person is, is that's the person named in someone's will that is going to be tasked with settling their final affairs. And if there is no will, it's still going to be that same role, but it's going to be through a probate proceeding where the court appoints someone Who's an interested party to be that person?
0: But then you got to go to the court. You got to go through all that, right?
5: You have to go through that regardless. So if you have a will or not, a will is going to get you into probate. That's one of the big misconceptions we see in estate planning. A will does not avoid probate.
0: And then we have trustee.
5: Right, so a lot of times a trustee is going to be someone who maybe acts parallel or has a similar function and responsibility as that executor to settle your final affairs. So they're going to be the ones that are tasked with figuring out what all your assets are, figuring out what to do with them, paying your final debts and expenses, and then distributing the assets according to the wishes in your estate plan. And that's the biggest piece, right? It's a a big job. It is. It's a big job, but you want someone that's basically going to follow your estate plan and do exactly what you want to have happen and not go rogue and do whatever they want to do with it.
0: And we're kind of bearing the lead, but maybe we don't want brother-in-law Bob in there, right?
5: Right. And and so that's why... Picking that person is so critical, and what people don't know a lot of times is is it doesn't have to be a family member, right? Sometimes we default to family because that's easy, but other times there are independent trustees, attorneys, CPAs, corporate organizations, banks, financial institutions that will serve in that role, and that's one of the things, if you're trying to save the family harmony, you may want that independent person who is not going to be biased or subject to kind of pulling on the heartstrings by the woe was me family member.
0: So you got the roles. Let's talk about the process. Does the good estate planning process need everybody in the room so there's a clear understanding? I mean, do you need spouses, children? Um, do you need everybody in?
5: The first step is that they need to be pretty confident with where they're at in their estate plan. So the initial planning stages, that's just the client. So that's just husband and wife, mom doing whatever. That's up to them because it's their wishes that they want to have impacted. So that's the first kind of step with the attorney. Once the documents are done and in place, then it's important to communicate it to the family members and say, this is what I did and why and why I named so-and-so instead of so-and-so to make sure that everyone understands what's going to happen and there's no hurt feelings or unexpected things that are going to arise.
0: So it's not that movie scene where they're reading the will and people are surprised or not surprised. No, no. it's
5: not. That can happen. But if there's good family communication, we can avoid that.
0: But get out in front of it no matter what.
5: Absolutely get out in front of it. The worst meeting I was ever in when I was serving in that executor role was where the family didn't see any of this coming. And all of a sudden, mom had a lot of wealth decided she was going to leave 90% of it to charity, much to the chagrin of all three kids sitting at the table. They looked at that and said, wait a minute, mom was worth $10 million, and you're telling me I'm going to get 500000 What happened? Mom didn't communicate. That's the end of it, so it was a surprise to those children.
0: Get out in front of it. Joe Martin, estate planning attorney, Annex Wealth Management. That's what she does. That's what we do for you. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. The Week in Review, Know the Difference Minutes, Team Segments, planning topics, including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Head to YouTube and search Annex Wealth Management. We're back. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management show, 92.5 Fox News. If you came in part way through the show and you'd like to hear the whole show, this will be on the Annex Wealth Management Spotify channel this afternoon at 1 o'clock. So really not that far in in, in the future. And I think it's been a great show, as we really do each and every week, try to demonstrate our team, how they think with investment and retirement planning, our team with tax planning, our team with estate planning.
1: Mark Beck is Managing Director, Wealth Management Services, and a wealth manager. You're in the middle of all of that. I am. You know, and it's interesting hearing you explain that, you know, the investment strategy coupled together with with the financial planning strategy and how that comes together. And I was thinking to myself, you know how you know that that works it's because when we're in periods like we're in right now where the market's been declining and volatility is high and there's a lot of headline news that catches people's attention, most of the conversations that I've had this past week with clients have been around, hey, I've got some money on the sidelines. I'd like to get mm-hmm. invested. Or, hey, remember remember when we dialed back risk a while back and now is maybe a good time to start to slide the other direction? So thinking about it proactively and in the right direction. And... We work so hard, well in advance of periods like this, to make sure clients are positioned and prepared for that. And it's really a multi-pronged process. What does my financial plan look like? Success overall. I know where I'm headed, big picture. Then I understand my short-term needs, so liquidity planning, that's protection. I don't have my short-term spending exposed to volatile market environment. Then I know where my risk tolerance is, so I've kind of seen the visuals around what the negative markets are going to look like for me personally in my portfolio. And then lastly, I've compartmentalized the risk for the portfolio properly, so I know where my long-term money is, that I can accept this up-and-down volatile market that's going to be there. I know where my short-term money is, so I can sleep at night and understand that. Put it all together. Seems complex. Very, very in-depth process we take clients through. And here's the proof that it really works great.
0: That's excellent. Mark Beck is Managing Director, Wealth Management Services, and also a wealth manager. I put that in because I know you're with clients all the time, so so you meet and talk to a lot of them. I do, yeah.
1: It's a big part of what I do every day.
0: That's great. Can we help? Here's what we do. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Complete plan includes our team. We're not farming it out to different places. Most important part, we're a fee-only fiduciary. We would love to help, and we start with Complete Fee Transparency as a fee-only fiduciary. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button going to be right back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.
3: It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. and. Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. Annexwealth.com. Ask
0: 1,600 Americans between 60 and 79 if they saved enough money, and if not, why not? interesting stuff. Joining us is a guy who lives and breathes this as a CFP and the manager of financial planning at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Randy Winkler. Thanks, Danny. Glad to be here. Let's go through all 10 of these. And I want I want your reaction because as part of the financial planning team, you must run into this all the time. Yes, we do. Okay. The first, having very low financial literacy. That one's very common. And we do
4: a very poor job in our country in training people on how to deal with money. When I think back to when I was in high school, and that was a long time ago, I learned how to sew and how to woodwork and cook, all useful things, but I never learned how to balance a checkbook about compound interest, the uses and dangers of a credit card, investing, and these are things that just aren't trained, and I think it's gotten a little better, but for the most part, we aren't taught that. You have to learn on your own, and most people learn through
0: painful... Mistakes. We're talking about retirement killers. Some of these things are preventable, some they're not. And the next one is being struck by poor health that prevents you from working. That's a real big
4: one. Uh, Insurance is not something that's fun to talk about. I generally joke that you want your insurance to be a waste of money. You don't want to be getting your money's worth out of your insurance, but you really need to have it. Planning for the fun stuff, the big trips, the great retirement, buying the cabin, the cruises, that's great. But if you don't have health or if you have some sort of a long-term care event and you're not prepared for it, it can use up all those other resources very quickly.
0: Talking retirement killers, being laid off and spending a period unemployed. It happens. I've had two in my career. Right. It's a big
4: one. And it, that's why it's so important to have an emergency fund. Yeah. A lot of people that get started on investing, they want to go right there because it's more fun. It's more interesting and exciting. It's kind of boring to have an emergency fund, but it's not boring when you need it, when you're laid off and you need to get that money out of savings. Is that the first thing you should fund? Yes. Because it, you don't want to have your money in the market, which has volatility, and then you get laid off at a time that's not conducive to making a withdrawal. You want your emergency fund to be in something very boring, very stable. You're not going to get a great rate of return. You probably want it in a uh, savings account, something that's accessible when you need it and isn't
0: going to be affected by uh, volatility in the market. Just the emergency fund, it shouldn't be your general savings fund?
4: You could put them together. It depends. Mine, mine is together, but I have a spreadsheet that breaks it up into <laughs> different segments. You're laughing because of, i of course. I'm, (laughs) I'm known for my spreadsheets, but as long as you know what it's for and then to work to building it up, the general guideline is three to six months of expenses. So what would you need to continue to pay if you no longer had a paycheck coming in? And it's got to be accessible. Some people say, well, I put it in a CD to get a little better rate of return. You can't plan your being laid off around when your CD is coming due and you don't wanna pay those penalties, so it's gotta be in something accessible and um, dull.
0: Talking retirement killers,
4: earning less than expected. That's another big one. This goes along with the first one where you're laid off or we'll see career changers. This happened to me. I used to be a computer programmer and I switched over into this field and had a dramatic change in my pay situation. It's a big adjustment and you can't continue to spend when you're making less money. You have to take a look at your discretionary and non-discretionary spending. You have to make sure that you can cover your mortgage, food, gas for your car. Then there's the discretionary spending, going to the movies, going out to eat. Those are the
0: things that you can cut out. And one thing with Annex Wealth Management plans is they're living and breathing. So when people's conditions changes, their lives changes, we adjust that. Right, in our planning tool, we have something called
4: the Decision Center. This is really fun for the clients and for the advisors. They come in and say, hey, I'm thinking about buying a new car. I'm thinking about buying a cabin or I'm thinking about retiring early or, you know, what if I live to be 100? We can plug it in and see what the effect it has on the plan. They can make informed decisions based on running scenarios. Next retirement killer, getting divorced. Yes, divorce is something that hopefully you're not planning for uh, it happening, but it does happen and you need to have a plan. So there's a designation in the financial industry called a Certified divorced Financial Analyst. Deanne is one. Yes, Deanne Phillips right here. She's an expert. She specializes in that kind of thing. It's really a good idea to get advice because there's a lot of landmines there that if you make a bad decision, it's going to be with you forever. Next retirement killer, Making bad
0: investments.
4: There's a difference between investing and speculating. Speculating is very interesting and very fun. And if you're going to do it, do it with a very small percentage of your money because it's not investing. Investing should be kind of boring. You've got a well allocated portfolio. You're not reacting to oh the market's up today or the market's down. There's been so many of them. If you go back in history, there's the uh, the great tulip crisis. Sure, it's very interesting where people were selling their houses to buy tulip bulbs because it was a it was a bubble. Remember everybody remembers the tech stocks. Next retirement killer, getting hit by major medical bills. And again, hard to avoid that. Yes, and again, that goes with the emergency fund and making sure you're properly insured. Can't tell you how many times we see things where people leave to start their own business, haven't thought about insurance, and then something happens. That's just a devastating injury. Um, there's some planning you can do there, even retiring early. There's something called COBRA, where if you no longer have employee insurance, you can get that for a short period of time. Well, that's not cheap, but yeah, no. it is available. Again, yep. like I said, insurance is expensive until you need it. Talking retirement killers, Next one, overestimating Social Security. Social Security should be a supplement to your retirement plan. A lot of people think that, oh, I don't need to plan. It's all going to be taken care of by Social Security. It's not as much as you think. Uh, It should probably be 40% or less of your income. It's great as a supplement, but it's not everything. You're not going to be able to maintain your lifestyle if you're planning on just living off of Social Security. Next retirement killer, not making long-term plans. That's your world. Right. That goes right along with the next one. Why do I need to plan for retirement? I've got social security. You know, social security is one of the three legs of the stool uh, when you're putting together your plan. And one of them isn't even there as much. It used to be pensions. We used to see pensions, investments, and social security. Don't see pensions that often anymore. So you really have to put a lot of time and effort into the investment side because that's where the bulk of your retirement paycheck is going to come from. The last retirement killer, procrastinating. I have to joke that procrastinating was last, but a lot of people think, oh, I'll get to it, or I don't have time now, or it's not that important, or I'm 25 and I'm my first job I'll worry about when I'm 35 and when you're 35 you're buying a house and you got kids and I'll worry about it at 45 they say the best time to start investing is 20 years ago the second best time is now and I even tell people just start I had this conversation yesterday with a with a co-worker who was talking about a goal they were saving for and they just couldn't get around to it I said put away five bucks a week and once you start it's a we've talked about the debt snowball in the in the past this is a positive snowball hey I've got 50 bucks in there now that wasn't that hard let's put away 25 bucks a month eventually you start getting motivated by the progress you're making, but you got to take that first step.
0: We're going to be right back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. We're back. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Final weekend of February. Hard to believe the year marches on. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Mark Beck, Managing Director and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management.
1: You know, Derek, we've talked a lot about current events and you know risks to the investment markets and things like that. Uh, And and that's to position people so they can understand how we approach managing client investment portfolios. And and first and foremost, we think about risk-adjusted returns. We spend a lot of time on that. Even if it's an aggressive investor, all stocks, we're thinking about sector diversification. We're thinking about valuations in the portfolio. We're thinking about how the market is trading relative to the types of of companies that we own on behalf of clients. So I want to make sure that we share some of those insights. And we can kind of walk through some of the areas we've been, you know, addressing and how we position client portfolios maybe you know hit on some of the highlights of recent moves that we've made or tactically how we're positioning. We constantly
2: encourage people to to look at their portfolios real time and, and eliminate redundancies across managers, whether it's two mutual funds that hold the same holdings, for example. And we do talk about rebalancing opportunistically, not because of what, what day of the week it is or at the end of the quarter or whatever. And that leads to some good decisions by default, right? So, you know, about three weeks ago, we rebalanced a target. So that was good because it helped us reduce our equity exposure because anybody who had exposure, to the S&P 500 last year when it was up 29%, their allocation got out of line because fixed income was flat. So that that position got too big. So by doing that, we've essentially brought us back to the target that the client and the the wealth manager decided was the appropriate level of risk for that person to be taking. But then within sector allocations and whatnot, we look at all these indicators like LEI, the yield curve, uh, sector attractiveness. We run them all through quantitative screens and the like. And right now, what I find interesting is the value side. People are really excited about value stocks. I'm more excited about the value factor. You know, So there are technology companies that are growing fast, that are on the momentum screens, but there are also technology companies that are attractively valued, that generate free cash flow. Those stocks, I think, are very attractive. So while technology, broadly speaking, may be lagging because of some of the, the size of those companies and how far they had gone the prior two years, there are other companies within that sector that look attractive. So. Yes, we use ETFs to get sector exposure. We own individual companies within sectors. We analyze ETFs using a quantitative model that applies fundamental and qualitative factors. So there are any number of ways to go. The other thing that's going to be interesting to me is as this economy does start to slow in the middle of this year into the year end, I think some of these growth stocks that have been really beaten down, the ARC fund, if you will, will have a pretty sharp bounce because there are some good fundamental stories there. They're just too expensive.
1: You know and I and I think about all those things and I want to make sure that listeners understand that that's not the sort of thing that you do just in those moments of anxiety. So just not when peak volatility shows up and not on the day, you know, that Russia invades Ukraine for example. You do these kinds of things well in advance of that. And a perfect example is the spot last year where we decided to add a tactical overweight to some of those value stocks which now the market loves by the way. And you know we start to do that sort of thing and we do that because we're anticipating where we think the market focuses are going to be into the future, not at that moment, right there at that snapshot in time. You might have been looking at it and saying, you know, geez, the S and P 500 is ripping, and it's being led by a concentration of high growth stocks that probably are overvalued, and so here we are moving a bit of a tilt towards a different area of the market, and. Some of those things are things that we're anticipating that play out over time, you know, two-year two cycles, three-year cycles, that sort of thing. And, and they come into crystal clear focus on occasion, like that particular focus towards value stocks. But making those adjustments along the way, that's the type of thing that we do way in advance of that moment you know, of
2: anxiety. Absolutely. It's a process, and that's one of the reasons we meet frequently, as we mentioned earlier in the show, because, you know, things change, opinions change, and it's, it's always great to have a lot of experience in the room.
0: Derek and Mark, thanks for being on the show today. Appreciate it. We can help you folks with investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We build our plans for you and you alone, and we include every single aspect of the Annex team. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a week on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. It is Sunday, February 27th on 92.5 Fox News.